Well, uh, blessed people, the Lord Jehovah has spoken. The Lord Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, he has spoken and uh, spoken with me about a very, very important moment in the history of the church and in the history of the earth, in the history of Israel. The Lord has taken me to Israel. The Lord has already taken me to Israel again. I see three aircrafts. They belong to the Israeli Air Force, and they have strings. They have strings. These are long strings, and the three of them lift. They lift the ministry of these two prophets of the Lord, and then they bring all the way until they enter the borders of Israel, even at the point at which they are entering the borders of Israel, I can see. And they make the announcement that they have now entered Israeli airspace. And then they bring and bring them down until they land three aircrafts. And then uh, at that time, uh, the Lord makes these two prophets, the glorious prophets of heaven, they begin to do ministration inside Israel. And then I see on my left as I go and on my right as I come back, I see a lot of thorns in the land, a lot of thorns in the land. I see a lot of thorns, a lot of thorns all over the land, sharp thorns, they are white, white thorns on the ground, they are at the ground level. So even where the grass would be, there's a lot of thorns on the grass, uh, a bit of grass, green grass, and a lot of thorns in, white thorns, and very sharp. And so, then the Lord gives one of the prophets a motorbike to roll, to, to roll it, but could not go, he could not go right, because there were so many thorns, as it was coming left, but going right, so many thorns because they would prick the tires when it comes back. So there is a path. There is a narrow path that is set without the thorn. And I see now one of the prophets riding, pushing the cycle along the path that does not have thorns. That is the only path that is set. Uh, that they are pushing now this cycle and riding it on that path that does not have thorns. And again, on this side, I see on my left side, now I see a lot of Israelis come out. I see one who is the Antichrist. I see the deceiver. He comes out and he calls them to worship. And they all come out to worship. They worship by lying down on their bellies, and he has uh, he has a cloak that's also running from his shoulder down. I get the details of him, and as he comes out, so he conducts this worship uh, with the false prophet. I'm not able to see the false prophet, but he's among the one standing next to him, and uh, they come out to worship 
but there's so much thorns. There's a lot of thorns in Israel at that time. Uh, so on the grass. So the cycle can only run on a path that has no thorns, where the two prophets are ministering, and then uh, able to go also to look at the shopping mall, the shops, the places where arcade, where people are shopping, and uh, buy things there. Eventually they say you can buy things, so they allow me to buy things, but they are restricting also people from buying things, and then a clash ensues between these two prophets and the false prophet and the Antichrist, uh, and then all of a sudden, they are now leading, the, the, the two prophets are now leading the Israelites away to, to safety. I guess because of the realization from the false prophet and the Antichrist that now the Israelites have got to know the truth. But this is not the Lord because these two prophets tell them to worship the Lord alone. So that has to do with the tribulation temple, the posted temple. Uh, the cycle is the word, the moving word the moving word and cannot move now because there are so many thorns the moving word so I have seen a little bit ahead of the ministry of these two prophets in Israel the Lord has now opened my eyes to see a little further and so this is a very very interesting time in the history of the church this is an amazing time this is when the Bible comes true the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 12 it says a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and the crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. That woman is Israel, and so you see very clearly that the twelve tribes, the stars on her head, and he goes on to say, then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns on his head. You see, this is now the enemy trying to imitate Christ. You see the Messiah having seven horns, demonstrating the Lamb of God, demonstrating the authority, the enormous complete authority he has been given. And the seven eyes, meaning all surpassing wisdom, understanding, but you see the counterfeit of the enemy here, verse 4, he says, His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them onto the earth. That is when now Michael smashed him and crushed him down in flash like lightning, came to the earth. That is the enemy, Satan. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gets. That is what you see in the book of Genesis 3.15, the enmity between the woman, the offspring of the woman and the serpent. is eight. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter, and her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. Yes, indeed, the Messiah is coming from Israel. This is what this scripture is talking about. And how... After he completed the cross and he resurrected, he was taken up in glory to read Psalm 24, the tremendous king of glory. He entered into heaven with glory, now seated on the right hand side of God the Father, the ruler of the nation, 
at this hour, all authority has been given to him. He's ruling the heart. His kingdom is in the heart of all the believers. But when he comes, then he encompasses the entire. He takes over to begin to establish and install the kingdom of God Almighty during the millennial rule after the rapture. And he goes on to say here, the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. So this is the whole conversation we are involved in right now, Pastor, on the safeguarding of Israel and the safety of Israel and the God's covenant people during this very difficult time ahead of us here. You see what is happening already in the conversation that's taking place in the U.S. with the U.S. president that had an inclination towards uh, putting pressure on Iran. And you see what is happening with Benjamin Netanyahu too, the conversation of change of leadership, the prophecy of 2nd of April, the year 2004, until that reign now came to what it is now, the Benjamin Netanyahu too. And you hear now Iran saying they have now opened up their centrifuges. They are now beginning to enrich uncontrollably the uranium. Now, the prophecy that I gave in 2005, 27th of September, of the nuclear war coming to Iran, the nuclear facility by the foot of the mountain, and it is two missiles, the tail of those missiles are copper, and they rotate anti-clockwise when they are being sent, and they demolish the nuclear facility by the foot of the mountain, and the biggest flame in the history of the earth goes up. A huge fire, never seen. It will shock. It will shock the whole earth. People, people run away. It will shock the whole earth. So you see, all that formation is in, is taking place now, and many of the strike aircraft have seen them prepared from Israel. And then war broke out in heaven. Michael and the angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. Again, there you go. There is zero tolerance for apostates in heaven. That's when Revelation chapter 11. And then you see the road. You see the road, the measuring road they're given but one. These two prophets. To now measure the worship in the tribulation temple, the apostate temple. And he says here very clearly that there is zero tolerance. The reason is because there is zero tolerance to apostasy in the kingdom of God. The same road they're using right now, even recently, to purge worship in the church, to purify worship in the church, to let the church know that there is zero tolerance to apostasy inside heaven. When the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He's a deceiver, of course. He was hurled to the earth, and the angels, his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah, his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren, our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been held down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Again, now coming back to the Lion and the Lamb. And the Lord chose to use the Lamb because of the power of purity, of obedience to God, the power of righteousness, of holiness as the Messiah lived, as the Christ lived. The Lamb of God lived in purity without any single sin, 
in absolute holiness, in righteousness, and total obedience to God. And in so doing, he defeated sin and consequently defeated death and resurrected. He did not use the lion to crush the serpent, the devil, but he used the power of the purity of the lamb. And he's saying, even the believers too now, he has donated, he has delegated that triumph, that victory, he has shared with the church. And that's why he's saying, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So that is very powerful. That is where the strength of the church is. If there's any church in the U.S., in Europe, Central America, South America, Asia, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere, Africa, that is living without the power of resurrection, the power of God, it is right here. It says, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, that you may also triumph over sin and death. That is where the power to crush the devil is. And it says there, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They so saying that if one walks in holiness and righteousness, they will not fear death. You remember Simeon in the temple waiting to see the Christ. It was promised him that you would see the Lord's salvation prepared for the nation, the glory of Israel. And when now baby, the baby is brought into the temple, he beholds the baby. Then he says, Lord, now you can release your servant to go rest, to go to the grave, to go wait for the coming kingdom. Because my eyes have seen the salvation you prepared before the nation and the glory of Israel. And this is what he's repeating here. He says, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death, meaning you walk in righteousness, you walk in holiness. Whether death comes today, happily you live, because you know you are headed to the glorious eternal kingdom of God come that day. So this is all he's using to empower the church, that you would not shrink from death if you're walking in righteousness or holiness. If you fear people that fear death, if you see anybody that fears death, then you know that person is not righteous. Then you know that that person is not holy. But the Church of Christ that is walking in absolute holiness and righteousness at this critical hour does not fear death, should not fear any death. Because they know very well that to die is to be with Christ. They know that if the rapture came now, they would enter heaven. Or if their death came before the rapture, they would still enter heaven. So they don't fear death, they don't shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heaven, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with the fury, because he knows that his time is short. Again, now that's an advantage, advantage point on the earth, on the Christian, that any time the devil attempts to intimidate you, it's very clear you understand that he's doing so because his time has run out. He'll be thrown into the lake of fire. So he said, he feels the fury because he knows that his time is short. His time is out. Verse 11. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman that is Israel. That is the conversation we are involved with, with the Lord right now on securing Israel. This was 13. When the dragon saw that is coming up in the great tribulation, by the way, he said, when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child, the woman was given two wings of the great eagle. You remember the wings that removed her from Egypt? The great eagle that I saw the other day, a few months ago, that is God himself, meaning God himself will take her, will, will be able to secure her. If I say it, exit. The woman was given two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly to a place prepared for her 
in the wilderness where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time. That is the great tribulation. Out of the serpent's reach. Again, the serpent cannot reach. Then, from his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. Until now, I'm still wondering what this water is. Is it nuclear war or chemical war? Weapon that is poured at Israel. But look, nothing touches Israel. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's command and hold fast to the testimony of Jesus. So that is now the conversation of the thorns, the thorns and the cycle in this dream. When now the two prophets are riding the cycle on the path, which is restricted path, by the way, only they are riding there that has no thorns, but the rest of the land now has thorns, meaning the moving word, the cycle, the moving word cannot go far. Nobody can ride them who can take, can worship Jesus, can preach Jesus, because then the, the, the tires of the cycles will be pricked by those white thorns. They are white, but they are torn would be tricked, and then they would be able to burst, which means counterfeit or white, but it would destroy all cycles. So the word, the moving word will be restricted. These two prophets alone will navigate the word, as I see in this dream. And it says very carefully here, then he wages war. Then the dragon went off to wage war against the church because he cannot reach Israel. So the mission is to defend Israel, even as they speak to you today to defend God's covenant people, and all of them, if you go to the book of Romans 11, you see, begin verse 25 on 32, up to 32, Romans 11, you see that all Israel will be born again. They will look upon him, that they pierce, and they will mourn very bitterly and fall on the ground, because they realize this is the Messiah. But he says, all Israel will recognize Jesus, and there will be a national revival. There will be a national redemption of Israel, but... You see here, too, that none of them is affected. They are secured in a place by the Lord, the very mission these two prophets are involved in. And that's why the Messiah is coming. The believers, those that are not taken in the rapture, and then they are under great slaughter because he turns his fury against them. They that behold, they uphold the command of God and hold fast the testimony of Jesus, meaning the salvation of the Christ. And so this is the message the Lord is speaking now, that again now, I'm saying before you that I have seen in the several of the occasions, the conversations between God the Father and this prophet speaking with you today. This conversation involves airlifting them. The message is very clear. Those things mean airlifting to Israel because of the critical time Israel has entered into. Safety is going to be important. Iran is enriching uranium. They have ignited a few centrifuges. Benjamin Netanyahu failed to make that government. So the prophecy of 2nd of April 2004 is now the fulfillment. And when now the Lord takes these two prophets again before the throne, the moon is swapped with blood, and before the throne, the glory covers the throne. And then at that time, the garment becomes super glorious, and then the Lamb of God comes. So these are the meltdown. This is the countdown that is going to take place. Like those who have ears, receive Jesus, be born again properly. Again, I repeat here, those who will enter the kingdom of God, those I see entering the glorious kingdom of the Lord Jehovah, my friend, Jehovah Yahweh, 
they are properly born again and holy. They have the facilitation of the Holy Spirit, and their dressing has changed. Their conversation has changed. Their lifestyle has changed. They are born again properly. They are not half born again. They are born again properly. For without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. So the Holy Spirit has facilitated them, and their salvation, their righteousness, their holiness, is the light that they shine to the world. It is obvious. It's not a hidden thing within the blending of the world. Not at all. The Messiah is coming. Turn away from sexual immorality. Turn away from lies, deception, malice, blackmail, anything evil and wicked. Corruption, the corruption of this world, homosexuality. Be born again. Receive the gospel. Be baptized in complete immersion of water. And be baptized in the Holy Spirit and by fire. The Messiah is coming. So that, so that, so that has a rim. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So that shalom and restore. So that.